wide receiver combine doesn't matter, Joel. Running back combine matters. Yeah, well, that's yeah, probably fair enough. You got to get those forty times in. That's literally only, literally the only metric that matters. The entire combine is the running back forty times. Like you would have been excited to see Bijan run under four five and run a four four. So it's a win. That's all you needed. Yeah, you have dulcet tones of Frank are always, you know, soothing in the ear hole. Thanks, Joel. All right, let's do it. Yo, 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 what's good, Addicts Gang? Stuck with just myself and Joel today, um, but it is still going to be a fantastic episode going through the incoming rookie running backs fresh off the NFL Combine. Firstly, Joel, how are you, mate? It's uh, good to talk to you again. It's been a little while. Yeah, you say stuck with you and I, but um, I would say, you know, have the privilege to be joined by you and I, Frank. Um, today we're going to be talking running backs out of the combine. Good episode, exciting episode. Um, yeah, it is good to be here. Yeah, I just wanted to stay humble, Joel. I wanted to, you know, the old classic under-promise, over-deliver, um, but again, quietly confident in our ability to deliver a fantastic podcast uh, this evening for us. Um, I've quickly listed down five running backs that I think we should talk about. If there ends up being another one that you want to bring up, Joel, then you're more than welcome. Currently, I've got, and this is actually in order. I think this is going to be a good way to start the episode is just to give our top five rookie running backs. Actually, I shouldn't say our, say mine. I haven't consulted Joel with this ahead of time. So, um, Apologies for any outbursts or laughter um, from Joel. Obviously, B. John Robertson, running back one. Um, we will go into a little bit more detail, but probably not needed. I think at this point, everyone knows all about B. John Robinson. Um, at two, I've got Jameer Gibbs. At three, um, this is where it probably differs from some people. I've got Sean Tucker. And then we've got Devon A-Chain and Zach Charbonnet. So I think... Uh, as far as consensus goes, I think Zach Charbonnet is probably the guy I'm lowest on out of the five. Um, is there any other names that you'd like to include that you want to make sure that we cover? Um, I think they're sort of the five that come to mind for me. Um, but I know, Joel, with all the picks that you've got in this year's draft, you've probably been done a little bit more deep digging on some of those lesser-known running backs. Um, yeah, maybe a Tajay Spears, um, Kendra Miller, uh, I think I don't know if Roshan Johnson, obviously Bijan Robinson's teammate at Texas. I don't know whether he's a particularly, you know, elite prospect at running back, but um, you see him being drafted, you know, back end day two in the round three range. And if that is the case, he will be um, important come your rookie drafts. Uh, Chase Brown, um, Tank Bigsby, Frank. This is a deep running back class. Um, you know, we've been hearing about the 2023 class and how good it's going to be. Not sure whether there's, a, you know, as 
match elite talent at the running back position as there was first, you know, hyped up to be. But that doesn't mean there isn't like lots of running back prospects that will be relevant um, at the NFL level in the next, you know, one to two years. Yeah, I think there's actually, you know, a lot of good players. Like, obviously, if you're getting someone like David Montgomery out of any of these, like these rookies later getting later on, um, then you're obviously very happy not to, you know, discount David Montgomery, but, you know, He's someone's probably, you know, a good running back, not great. Um, I think there's a lot of sort of those guys, that kind of skill set um, in this class. There's a lot of guys that have got, you know, that three-down um, build as well. They're not just not just small guys, not just big guys. You know, a lot of them have a well-rounded skill set as well. Um, I think – why don't we get stuck into uh, – I say your boy, job because I think based on, you know, conversations I've had with you and, you know, the indications from everyone else around our league – no one's getting the 101 out of out of your hands. So, um, you know, unless you plan on shocking the world, it's going to be Bijan Robinson joining uh, your dynasty team. Tell us about him, Joel. Um, yeah, well, obviously, you know, the hype around Bijan Robinson has been strong for, oh, what, probably the last two years now. At um, least. You know, he just is a do-it-all running back um, out of Texas. He is, you know, workhorse size, has workhorse pucks, catching ability on third down. Um, obviously ran a four four six forty. Um, you know, show that long long speed's not an issue. Um, he can make people miss. He's good inside and outside of the you know, outside the tackle box running. Um, a lead in open space. I think he's just going to be good. Um, I, he's going to get, you know, first round draft capital and whatever team takes him there is going to use him. So, um, yeah, um, I think he walks straight into being the RB1 in Dynasty. And he's obviously there's no such thing as a, you know, can't miss prospect, Frank, but I think he's pretty close to it. Like if Bijan Robinson tears his ACL in week two next year, um, you know, that's worst case scenario. How high is he in running back rankings going into 2024? Oh, well, you know, we've seen it from Brace Hall. He's probably, you know, as good a prospect as he is. He's still, you know, probably a top three dynasty running back. If not, you know, before Bijan gets into the league, you can make an argument that he's the number one running back in dynasty still, even coming off that injury. And Bijan Robinson's going to be a much uh, more polished prospect um, coming in. Obviously, we've got to see it at the NFL level. Um, I think, like you said, um, I've obviously got the um, sub 4-5 speed. So, he's got, you know, he's run that 4-4-6. You like that's basically just another tick box for B. John Robinson. I think everyone expected that. Um, but what you're getting out of him is not just um, the size as well, but obviously the speed. But the number one thing for me is his elusiveness. Um, you know, hate to, you know, bring up the go-to comparison, but you see Saquon Barkley um, – just someone you can't tackle with one guy. Um, he's going to make players miss. He broke the single-season record as <clears throat> as per PFF, um, single-season broken record tackle um, in college football with 104 um, broken tackles. Um, can't bring him down. Arm tackles won't work. Um, he is an incredibly good you know, prospect. I think it's going to be interesting to see how high in the draft he goes. We've seen players like you know Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, um, go inside the top 10 of the NFL draft. Interesting to see whether that happens. I think the NFL has changed a bit where we won't see him go inside the top 10, but possibly, you know, picks 15 to 20. I think I'd be very surprised if he makes it outside of the first 20 picks of the draft. 
Um, going to be very, very um, keen to see B. John Robinson hit the NFL field. The next guy up, though, also someone I could see going in the first round, Joel. Um, if you disagree, yell out. But Jimmy Gibbs, <clears throat> definitely much smaller than Bijan. Um, definitely more of a speed, well, speed back and just incredible in the passing game. Um, someone who's going to, you know, be able to make defenders miss in open space. Definitely a player that teams are going to want to get involved in the passing game. We're seeing the NFL develop where. The running backs are used as a receiver far more often than they were traditionally. Um, someone's going to fit into an offense really well. Um, still, he's not short by any means. He's five foot eleven, big player. Um, you know, really, really good prospect. Ran that. What was it in the end? Four three six, blistering quick. Um, definitely something you want to see um, from the running back position. Um, do you have anything to add on either Bijan or Jameer Gibbs, Joe? Um, look, probably not too much worth going, you know, heavily into them. I think they're clearly, you know, post-combine, the running backs one and two um, in this class. Um, Jimmy Gibbs, obviously, he, you know, he weighed in sub 200 at 199 pounds, which is a, you know, minor concern. But when you consider that, you know, how fast he ran, um, the projected draft capital he is going to get, um, you know, he's still, you know, very... Okay, here's like, you know, some of the if if we presume that he's gonna get drafted in rounds one or two, um, obviously he weighed in sub two hundred. Um, you know, some of the running backs that have done that in the past and obviously get drafted in round one and two, you know, you got Christian McCaffrey, um, CJ John uh, Chris Johnson, CJ Spiller, CJ two K. Yeah, like all these guys weighed in at under two hundred pounds. And they had these, you know, elite reception share in college. Like they caught a lot of passes. Um, you know, Jimmy Gibbs didn't run, obviously, you know, a four-two-four like Chris Johnson, but you know, he ran significantly faster than Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, I think if you, you know, could run that fast, get the draft capital, and you know, catch a lot of balls, you're going to be very relevant for fantasy. Um, obviously, the Alvin Kamara comp gets thrown around a lot. I don't know whether he's exactly like Alvin. I don't think Alvin, you know, is a lot bigger and, you know, could take a larger workload. But I think Jimmy Gibbs is, you know, faster um, and just as good as a pass-catching weapon. So, you know, and if he gets the round one, two draft capital um, that we expect, he's going to be very relevant for fantasy. just want to know, would you take him at the 103 job? Uh, I would consider it um, depending on where the quarterbacks get drafted. Um, obviously, in a super flex league, quarterback is king. Um, I think I probably would take a quarterback at the 103 just because I don't – I have in the first round picks one, three, six, and seven. I don't necessarily think I would get an elite quarterback at six and seven, whereas I still think there's plenty of running backs in this class where I will be able to find them later on. Um, and I think Wheels does, or he, the person with the pick four and five, they do need quarterback as well. So um, I don't think the quarterbacks will slip down to me and I am taking a running back at pick one. So, you know, interesting to see how it all plays out, Frank, but 
you know, I wouldn't be against taking Jimmy Gibbs at 103 if you were running back desperate. Yeah, I think uh, Wills and Dylan will go quarterback, so you might not um, get your choice at the quarterback position unless you take him at the 103. So definitely something to consider on draft day. Um, I want to go to my running back three. Um, Again, a little bit different to, um, I think, consensus. I think Zach Charbonnet has continued to move up people's draft boards, surprisingly, um, at least surprisingly to me. Um, I've still got Sean Tucker as the number three running back in this class. Um, PFF have currently got him projected to go in the fourth round. I actually do think that's a little bit conservative. I think he's someone who can find him way, his way into the third round, possibly even late second. I hope this I hope this ages well. But I actually think he's very good. Like he from obviously didn't run the 40, didn't do any of the measurables of the combine which everyone wants to jump to conclusions and say, oh, he didn't want to do the 40 because he's going to run in slow and yada, yada, yada. It's, that doesn't bother me. There's reports saying that he ran a 4-3 something in in high school. Like, obviously, it's going to be some mail on that. But I think he would run sub 4-5, so that's going to be good. But he's someone that when you watch him on tape, he's got the juice. Um, looks like he shot out of a cannon as soon as he hits, his foot hits the ground. Um, he's basically built like a three-down running back, someone that can do it all. He's also dropped, uh, you know, not that many passes. He's really – I think he's really good. I think he's going to do what NFL offenses want him to do. Not someone who's going to improvise behind the line of scrimmage, but I think in a good position, if he lands in a good um, landing spot with a nice offensive line, he's someone that's going to be able to, you know, make the right decisions and make the right cuts. Um, See, someone that I'm looking at, you know, I've currently got the 206 in our league, which is pick 14. He ends up, you know, being a second or third round running back and some of those elite wide receivers that we spoke about on our previous episode come off the board. He's someone that if he falls to me there, I'm probably going to take him, to be honest. I really like him as a prospect. I don't know if you agree with that, Joel. Yeah, a bit like, I don't know, I was a bit disappointed that a lot of these running backs didn't end up running a 40 and I think they probably hurt their draft stock a little bit. Um, like, yeah, I agree. Sean Tucker would have ran a, you know, probably definitely in the four fours, um, which sorry, would have helped sorry. him. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. That's what I think's happened. I think he hasn't gone to the combine and all of a sudden people want to throw Zach Charbonnet and Devin A. Chain ahead of him. I don't yeah. think it's uh, Well, I don't know why he just didn't. Run. I mean, he may be banged up or something, you know, just gone amiss and, you know, he, you know, didn't, wouldn't be able to perform at his best. And I understand, you know, that that could be the case with all of these guys. But a lot of them probably, I think, hurt their, you know, stock a little bit by not, um, by not running the 40. Um, you know, Israel Abanakanda comes to mind. Um, you know, Zach Evans also comes to mind. Um, you know, I just don't – it didn't really make sense for me. Maybe they – you know, obviously they could have been hurt and that's why they didn't do it. But it just feels like a lot of these guys did themselves a disservice by not um, competing at the Combine. And I don't know how I feel about it. Like I don't really want to invest super heavily in a day three running back. Um, but, you know, if he goes to a you know, good landing spot and can get drafted on day two, I would be in on Sean Tucker, Frank. 
Yeah, I feel like as more than any other position in fantasy, draft capital is so, so important. We spoke about on a previous episode about wide wide receivers that get drafted in the first round always hit. Um, not always, but they hit at a very, very high level. I should never say always. Um, running backs are the same. I mean, you've got, you know, your, your rare cases of players that are taken in the later rounds that are promising and, you know, do give you value, like undrafted guys like Philip Lindsay. And you've got, you know, even last year, you had Isaiah Pacheco, who looks like he's currently the lead back, you know, barring the draft in Kansas City. Players like that, um, you know, Ramondre Stevenson's of the world, um, that do carve out a role for their offenses. They are few and far between. Um, you know, even running backs like who we think were going to be good, like, you know, your boy Royce Freeman, Joel. Remember when you took him in like the third or fourth round of our redraft league and he completely busted on you? It's because... Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, you don't forget something like that. Um, but no. it's because, you know, he was still taken in the third round, but the draft capital just wasn't as high. You know, you want to see these guys go in the second round um, to be certain about it. Um, and then, you know, landing position and depth charts play a big role. The next player I had on my list was um, Devon A-Chain. Devon or Devon? I don't know. I'm going Devon. Devon. That's Devon. very Australian. Devon, yeah. If you're from, you know, Texas, where he played at Texas A&M. Um, kind of made a bit of headway at the draft combine. Got to say, ran the fastest of all the running backs, 4.32. Um Looks to be, you know, a good prospect. I think, you know, the fact that he went to the combine and ran the fastest times definitely helped his draft stock. Um, I think that's pretty clear, to be honest. Um, I know that PFF currently has him um, in the third round, um, possibly, you know, going to those running back needy teams. He's only five foot nine, so he's much smaller than these other running backs. But I do think he's going to complement an offense somewhere. Um, he does have, you know, that home run speed. Once he gets, you know, once he gets loose, you're not catching him. Um, but it's interesting to see as someone at that, that size, whether he's going to be able to get enough snaps on a good team. You know, he's only 185 pounds. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of home he's going to find in the NFL. It has to be a very specific um, role for him on a team. So you just hope that happens. So he's someone that... You know, if he doesn't land in the right spot, um, he's going to sort of fade away to not much, and you're probably sitting there going, why did I spend a second-round pick um, in my rookie draft on Devon A-Chain, as much as I do like him as a player? Yeah, I think he's the most interesting, you know, I think he he's the most interesting running back we have in this class. I think he's, of the running backs, the most likely outside of Bijan Robinson and Gibbs to get drafted in the first, oh, well, not first, but in the second round. I think he is the most likely running back to get drafted there that's not named Bijan or Gibbs. Um, so he likely will have that going for him. However, he is, you know, 188 pounds, 5'9". What kind of workload? can we realistically expect him to get? But then you've also got to take into consideration that, you know, he played in the SEC, he produced on a per carry basis, um, you know, his efficiency was through the roof. He actually got volume in college in the SEC too. So that, you know, has to play a part in, you know, I don't know how big of a workload he can take at an NFL, at the NFL level, but, you know, he did show in college that he can produce. 
um, and he can catch passes as well. So it depends what, you know, what kind of workload he'll get in the NFL. But if he gets drafted in round two um, and he can catch passes and, you know, was a running back that produced in the SEC, I think, you know, he could have high, high upside, but then you've got, you know, he's 188 pounds. How many, you know, running backs of that size really hit um, for fantasy? There's, you know, not many. Um, yeah, interesting case, Frank. Yeah, I feel, just feel like he's someone that, you know, remind like, it, again, reminds me of James Cook last year. Where a lot of people talk themselves into James Cook being someone that's going to be on the field way more than he was. And I think we should have known the process should have been better there. See someone that people talk themselves and say, Oh, James Cook's going to be on the field. They're going to run five wide. They do a heap of five wide in Buffalo. It's going to be great. He's going to get open. Um, and then they just, you know, he played 40% of the snaps. If you were lucky by the end of the year. And, you know, he's obviously in a position now where Devin Singletary could be out of town as well. You don't know what they're going to do in the draft. Definitely a position to increase that workload. Um, but he just doesn't profile someone that's going to be a three-down workhorse as well. So it just it's interesting. Um, even in the best offenses, that kind of player still hasn't been incredibly viable for fantasy. Now I do think A Chain is a better prospect, but that's you know remains to be seen to see how the NFL reacts to that. Um, I think based yeah. off the B- Buffalo Bills taking Cook um, there last year, I think he will go in the second round. Goal to be honest. Um, that's the only clapback I'd have on that is I think he's much better than James Cook, but yeah, I agree. Made, you made the sure to get that in because it's uh, the principle remains well. the same. Yeah. Um, and someone that just looking at this here, PFF have got Zach Charbonnet as their number two running back. Could not disagree more. I think he's incredibly average or as the kids are saying these days, mid. Um, he was someone that was going to be drafted last year and you were expecting him to go possibly in the third round of last year's draft in a weaker running back class. But I'm supposed to be more excited because he racked up another 200-plus touches for UCLA and, again, produced really well. Actually increased his efficiency a significant amount. You know, it was 5.7 yards carry, 13 touchdowns a year before. Incredible season, you know, 1,100 yards. Let's not take that away from me. He's come back. He's given him 1,350 yards, um, seven yards of carry, 14 touchdowns, um, caught even more passes, 37 receptions. Clearly shows he's a three-down – he could be a three-down workhorse at the NFL level. But he's not going to be an efficient three-down workhorse at the NFL level. He's not a special prospect. So the fact that they're projecting him to go in the second or third round – it doesn't really make much sense to me. Why in a stronger running back class is a now older running back supposed to go higher? Um, at you know, at that age, you're not exactly growing into your body or transforming, you know, the way that you play. Um, Zach Charbonnet is someone I like to call Isaiah Spiller 2.0. Um, could be a bit harsh because Isaiah Spiller couldn't even crack the field um, for a Chargers team that was crying out for a second running back. Um, I'm just not not into Zach Charbonnet. I think he's good. Like, I, like what are you going to get out of him? Khalil Herbert? That's that's how I feel. And I could be harsh and I could be proven wrong. Um, they've played, you know, if ever play a comp him to Chris Ivory, I mean, that's fair. I mean, you know, I think he's probably going to have a longer career than Chris Ivory, but we'll see. I'm, I'm not bored in, Joel. I, I don't know if you agree, but really not bored in Zach Charbonnet. 
his price tag seems to be ever increasing. You know, he's going to be going at the end of the first round or I just, I just don't know if he's going to get the draft capital as well. It's just a lot to be sort of see, a lot of question marks. Yeah, that is a tricky part of it. Like his draft capital will play a role. Like not too many mocks have him being drafted. Or I haven't yet to see one where he's drafted in the second round. Um, whether or not he can get drafted in the third round, I think will be important. He is a trendy player. I think because he can sort of do it all, like he has the size to be like a three-down back. He can catch passes, which we saw in his last season at UCLA. Um, You know, he's good between the tackle rusher. He's not really bad at anything, but then I'm not sure if he's necessarily like good at anything either. But he just has the size. He wasn't slow. He wasn't fast. I don't think he necessarily hurt by running the four five three in the forty. Um, you know, he was I think two hundred and fifteen pounds. He, you know, I think he's just good at everything. Like you have these, you know, Devon A chains, Ty J Spears, um, you know, your Sean Tuckers, your Zach Evans, your Israel Abanacanders, who are like fast. Um, and then you have like these bigger guys that can't really catch passes like Tank Bigsby. Um, and then, like, you just have Charbonnet just in the middle that sort of does it all. Um, I think that's why he's sort of trendy in people's RB3s, just because he's sort of the mix of, you know, what you look for in a three-down running back. But whether or not he can get the draft capital is another part. And then, you know, whether he's also good enough also plays a part, Frank. So... You know, just he's another he's he's another one of these guys that you know, if get the capital and the opportunity, I can see being a hit at the NFL. Um, yeah, he's just he's I don't think he's necessarily special, but I don't know if he's bad. Like you're calling him Isaiah Spiller. Like I think he's just going to be guy. better. Zach, just the guy, Charbonnet. Heard it here first. Okay, so that's your opinion, but um, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Yeah, I think what the Dynasty community is doing, and I, I bring up this name again, Royce Freeman. I'm trying to think of some other names um, as well. They might come to mind as I'm sort of talking about this. But they're guys that people see and they see the body size and they see, you know, the ability to catch the ball and they see, you know, they're good in pass protection. You know, they're a solid runner. And I say, that's a guy that's going to get 300 touches in the end. And that's the guy that's going to get all the rushing work, that's going to get all of the passing work. And then they get to the NFL level and teams see that they are nothing special. They don't impact the game. And then you have guys come into the league that you think, oh, they're not going to get a massive workload. Like, they're just they're a pass catcher. You see someone like Alvin Kamara or you see someone like Travis Etienne, you think, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll, you know, they can't do it at the highest level in fantasy football because they're not going to get enough touches. And then you see the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, pound the rock 30 times with Travis Etienne. Um, you know, whether you agree with that or not, um, you know, he ended up hurting his ankle that time. But, or, you know, Alvin Kamara, he's seen 30 carries a game for the, for the New Orleans Saints. Um, I don't think the NFL actually cares about the dynasty community saying that he's got a three-down body type and he can do it all. They're actually just looking for, believe it or not, good NFL players. And I don't think he is good enough to be a significant difference maker at the NFL level. Not to say he's not going to have a role, not to say that he can't be, you know, a solid running back, um, but it's just not someone I want to spend, you know. A fir- it looks like it's going to be a first-round pick. If he goes in the third round, 
the kind of rap that he's got with the Dynasty community, he's gonna, probably going to end up being a late first-round pick, and it, it won't be me. Yeah, well, that's I. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I don't agree with you. Um, I think you know he has a lot of upside and a lot of downside. I think you know he's likely going to be somewhere in the middle there, Frank. Like I don't know, wouldn't you? Yeah, like again, we just talked about a chain. We just talked about you know Sean Tucker. Obviously, Sean Tucker's not really a pass catcher, but he just. When you watch, like, I don't know, when you watch the film, they just are better. Like, I think when they're playing against grown men, like, you had Zach Charbonnet as a senior playing against, like, 20, like, 19 and 20-year-old guys. Like, oh, cool, you're a man. These guys are boys and you're making them look small. Like, that's, I don't know, that's just what I saw. I don't like, you know, Najee Harris, again, he's someone that was, you know, we you know ended up being a first round pick, but he was a senior when he came into the NFL, and we've seen him struggle to be efficient because he doesn't look like a special player, and he had a much more polished college career. Um, he was someone that you know got the first round draft capital and got the you know the team endorsement. He was taken the first round by the Steelers. They've given him 350 carries a year, and although he's been good for fantasy, you know if that volume goes away, he's not going to be the same difference maker. So I just agree. Not someone Um, I'm going to go after. Yeah, I think Charbonnet is someone, though, that can, like, soak up a couple of hundred carries while also catching, you know, if given the opportunity. I think he could catch, like, you know, 40 to 50 balls as well, like, you know, and just add that dimension to his game. He's big enough to get the goal line work if a team asked him to do so. Um, whereas, you know, I'm not necessarily like I would highly doubt Devon A-Chain is going to get goal line work or, um, you know, some of these smaller, you know, 200-pound running backs like, I don't know, uh, oh, who we got, like, you know, Deuce Vaughn getting goal line work. Um, everyone's favourite. Aaron Jones gets goal line work, Joel. That's, the, that's what I mean. I, that's my point. The NFL does not care. I don't think they care. But okay. Yeah, I just think I'd rather have a bigger – like he's more of a prototypical running back in the NFL, whereas a lot of these prospects aren't. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like Zach Evans yeah, weighing 202 pounds. Yeah, I don't buy into the whole prototypical size thing. I'm, I'm, I'm off it. I'm off it, Joe. Well, that's where the hype's coming from. Yeah. The Dynasty just loves to pick their darlings. And he's I don't know, there's Jordan Addison people out there. Yeah, but he ran slow (laughs) and was small. Yeah, well, we actually haven't spoken about any of the other players since the um, the combine. The combine was, I don't know, kind of a little bit lackluster for me personally. It was good to watch. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of them didn't run. Like, you know, JSN didn't run. Obviously had the elite three cone. QJ didn't run. I don't know. Besides... um, everyone's new favorite quarterback, Anthony Richardson. It was pretty, you know, underwhelming. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, back to running back, one other guy that I kind of like as well that's probably going to – you might be able to get a little bit later. Again, someone that you can get. It's going to have a – clearly looks like they're going to have a much cheaper price tag than Zach Charbonnet in your dynasty drafts. Is Kendra Miller from the TCU Horned Frogs. Um 
incredibly productive, you know, rode this, a lot of the success of the team. But they, you know, they rode their running game. Like, you know, you can obviously say he was in a very good offense. You can also say the offense was very good because of him as well, especially when the running game was the main part of that offense. You know, 1,400 yards, six carries, 17 touchdowns. Um, caught 16 balls as well for 116 yards. Um, they've got, you know, they've got on the Pro Football Focus page, they've got a con here, and they say, at 220 pounds, they said not a power back despite his size. You know, six foot two twenty. Um, you know, junior as well. Contact avoider, not a creator. I don't see how because he avoids contact, that's a bad thing. So he avoids defenders, like so they can't touch him. Personally, I want my running backs to be untouched. So, you know, I actually Kendra Miller. Someone you can get late second round, early third round of your dynasty rookie draft if he ends up getting, you know, third or fourth round um, draft capital. Someone that I'll be probably keeping an eye on at a much cheaper price point. I feel like you're getting a very similar prospect profile as well. Um, don't know how you feel. If there's any other running backs you want to bring up, Joel, I mean, you're probably a little bit more adverse of, you know, who's around and who's sort of looking like they're going to get um, the required draft capital to, um, you know, warrant our interests. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually like, I don't know, Kendra Miller's sneaky. Like, he didn't compete at the Combine. He hurt his knee, um, I think it was the game before the national championship. Um, so he's still, you know, slightly banged up, wouldn't have been able to perform, you know, at his best. So he didn't compete at the Combine. But similar to Charbonnet, he is, you know, one of the very few running backs in this class that does have the, you know, does have the size and the look of a three down sort of running back. You know, he's 5'11, 215 at the combine. You know, he looks the part. Um, and as you mentioned, had the production in college where, you know, he looks to be a really good prospect that, you know, if drafted in day two, um, could be very valuable for fantasy, Frank. I don't disagree on your Kendra Miller takes. Exactly. I mean, I wish I had. I don't now. All I wish I had was more draft picks, Joel. But you, you don't like playing ball. Yeah, I like. I like taking shots at a lot of these people, Frank. And like, you know, we can get into some people who, you know, I'm interested in taking some shots at. Um, first of all, would be Chase Brown out of Illinois. Um, he was someone who really shined in the combine. Um, you know, he weighed in five, nine and a half, two Oh nine. So, you know, good size, um, ran a really, really solid 4.4340. Um, you know, big vertical, big broad jump showed he was explosive. Um, I think, sorry, much faster than I expected Chase Brown. Yeah, and I think he potentially, you know, worked himself into being drafted on day two, and I think that is important for any running back, um, in particular someone who was sort of, you know, on the borderline of being drafted, you know, round two, round three, round four, and I think he's, you know, solidly worked his way into, you know, the round three range. Um, Another one of... Someone else who I would like to bring up as well, Frank, um, is Tajay Spears. Um, he was sort of off everyone's radar and then shined during the Senior Bowl. Um, he weighed in at 
201 pounds, which, you know, isn't super heavy or, you know, typical size of someone, you know, we'd be looking for um, at the running back position. But, you know, he didn't also run at the combine, combine either, which doesn't help. But, you know, would have been projected to, you know, run in that 4-4 range. Um, and I think he is someone that, you know, in the senior bowl shined and worked his way into being drafted in, you know, day two as well. And I think if, you know, going to the right place, um, you know, right landing spot, he can be someone who's valuable for fantasy. Um, he can catch passes and, you know, shine during college. Um, you know, that's another name that I would be looking out for. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this draft class, you know, pans out because you say, you know, there's a lot of guys that we would like to see, you know, go on day two, either in the second or third round. Um, but not everyone can be selected in the second or third round. You have guys, if they slip to the fourth, fifth round, they they go and they probably should be getting off your radar pretty quickly, um, at least for, you know, early dynasty rookie draft picks. Um but yeah, I'm really looking forward to the NFL draft, Joel. I don't know. I know you definitely are. Um, before we do wrap up, um, obviously leave the floor open to you, Joel, if you want to jump in and speak about anything else. I want to talk about how uh, you wanted to be the biggest pest imaginable and try and, and basically derail a three-way trade we had going with Dylan the other day. I mean, I still got my deal done and I'm still pretty happy with the result, but I think you acted, you know, Pretty unfaithfully, Joel. I'm actually I'm not very happy about it. Um, to fill in the listeners, um, I acquired myself dynasty wide receiver one, uh, not one overall, but he is a wide a wide receiver one. Um, I would argue top five dynasty wide receiver. Joel, would you agree? That's a stretch, but you know, go off. Gee, all right, carry on. Um, I've acquired Detroit wide receiver Armin Rasain Brown. And a 2023 second-round pick, 206. You would have heard me mention that earlier. Um, for the 102, Rondale Moore and a third-round pick in 2024. I think I got good value, to be honest. Um, my team's not really in a position where those first-round w- rookie quarterbacks are going to be incredible help to my team. I'm very happy with my quarterback room with Jalen Hurts. Obviously, Kyler Murray's injured, but I think I can get by with Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins as my second quarterback. Um, laugh if you will, they will be fine. I will get quarterback one points out of them by streaming the two of them. I have no concerns whatsoever. What I do have a problem with is Joel being heavily involved in some trade talks, telling us, yep, this is what I want. I'm very happy to take on Armin Ra St. Brown. I'll send you the one oh what was it, the one oh five, one oh six, I think it was like, I think it was the one oh six, um or yeah. something like that. Um, also ship you a second round pick, you know, anywhere from 201 to like 204 or something like that. Um, everyone's happy. I get the draft capital after. Joel gets another stud wide receiver. Dylan gets his 102 where he can take his quarterback in the future. We get to the point where the three-way trade has been sent into the sleeper system, waiting for Joel to accept it. Dylan and I accept the deal, very happy. Comes back to us and says, all right, now add this, this, that, add four firsts, add three more seconds. And uh, pretty much just spits in our face. Have you anything to say for yourself, Joel? Um, yeah, look, I thought um, that you guys both needed the deal done a lot more than I did um, and thought I would try and squeeze 
um, some more value out of the deal. I also didn't want to give you the 106 when I had the 107 because I felt like that would be a um, disservice to my pick. I don't mind picking behind, you know, the other people in our league, like, you know, a Zach Wheelerhan, a Matt Barbara. Um, I don't really, they like just take all the busts for me. Um, whereas I feel like you wouldn't necessarily, you would use the pick more effectively. That played a role. That could um, be the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Joel. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and, you know, the more I think about it, I'd rather hold on to my picks, you know, longer post-combine, um, you know, maybe post-draft and see if I can... Um, Let them marinate. You know, get... Yeah, I, I mean, no rush to sell my picks yet, Frank. Um, yeah, Armin Rasset is, you know, obviously exciting, um, would fit well on any roster, um, but... You know, I'd rather hold on to me picks um, and, you know, see where I can go from there. And you had to move off the 102. Um, you know, you're. it's probably, it sounds stupid, but it's like the, it's the top of a tier. And I think that tier now that, you know, Anthony Richardson sort of worked his way into that tier, um, you know, I CJ Stroud's obviously in that tier. You brought up Jimmy Gibbs before. I think he's probably in that tier too. Um yeah, there's, you know, probably anywhere between the 102 and the 105, Six. I would no, say. 106, that's the tier, Joel. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. Jackson that's Smith the wide receiver well. one as well. That's the it's yeah. two yep. quarterbacks, the two running backs, and then you get wide receiver one and, like, QB three or wide receiver two, like, whether it's whether you're a QJ guy, whether you're a JSN guy, or you're a Jimmy, uh, you're an Addison guy. Um, you're going to get one of them. That's 106. That's why I pushed so hard for 106 instead of the seven, Joel. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, um, you know, makes the 102 less appealing. Um, and I can see why you would want to tear down off that. And, you know, I just didn't really see the need to, you know, get my arm in St. Brown when I do have a lot of um, elite options at wide receiver anyway so that was sort of why why that was the case frank I wasn't necessarily trying to screw anyone um i wasn't really interested in picking up a um damian harris either in the deal it was just sort of a throw in he'd be it sounds stupid but like after i take all these um after i take all these players in the you know second round of my, you know, I have five second round picks after I take all those five, if I choose to use those five second round picks, Damien Harris is borderline cut candidate for my team, which sounds like crazy, but he probably would be. I'd rather roster like a, one of these quarterbacks that, you know, I could have than, you know, a running back who I would probably never start unless he, you know, depending on injuries or, if he gets moved to a good spot. So, um, yeah, it sounds stupid to not want Armin Ra St. Brown, but I would rather the picks. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I understand that. And, like, you know, sitting back on it as well, like, I don't know about you, Joel, but, like, you know, there's some big trades that have gone down um, yourself and myself involved in some of those as well. Sometimes you sit there and you go, oh, you kind of wish that you had what you had back and you still don't necessarily disagree with the trade that you've done in the moment. Maybe it's something you knew you had to make a deal 
I feel, you know, having been, I'm going to look at the date, how long it's been now. Now it's probably like, what, a week, two weeks? I mean, obviously yeah, it's very early on. Still. It's been a week actually, exactly. Um, feel really good about it. Like he looks nice in my lineup and on my team. I think he um, adds some youth that I needed as well. So I'm not having all my wide receivers age out at once. Um, obviously, to get back into the first round is going to be difficult now without giving him up. Um, obviously, I have some other players, but just the way sort of my roster is constructed, would love to get back into the first round. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that with you controlling so much of the draft. But, uh, you know, if he was to slide into your lineup, I think that's when I start to get a little bit worried. Like there might be a bit of leeway where, you know, you, you take a rookie wide receiver, you might take um, QJ or Addison or JSN, and they might take, you know, a year to get acclimatized to the NFL. You know, they don't, they're going to, I think they're all going to be good. Um, but, you know, instead of giving you what Armin Ra might give you, what did he give us last year? He ended up being, well, it was, I want to get this right. He gave us, 1,161 yards, six touchdowns in 16 games. Like, I don't think those rookie wide receivers are going to give you that level of production from day one. So I think as someone that I'm probably going to be competing with the entire season and, you know, heading into the playoffs, Joel, I'm glad he's on my team and not yours. Um, I'm feeling pretty um, happy with myself. Yeah, that obviously hurts, and it gives you some depth at the position, which, you, you know, it sounds stupid, but, like... You know, your bench like Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, um, you know, Nico Collins. Hey, I don't know whether it's Collins, Christian Kirk. No disrespect. Yeah, I guess they're fine. You know, a couple injuries like to these older guys like a Keenan or a Hopkins or a, you know, and maybe you're a little bit thinner at the position. I understand why you would make the move. It does um, diversify your team. Um, age-wise, and I know uh, Amon Ra is obviously going to be good. I also have, you know, slight concerns over Detroit's, you know, not concerns over their offense, but whether they can keep up, you know, were they the number one scoring offense in the league last year, Frank? They would have had to have been close to it. Um, yeah, whether or not they... for all intensive purposes they were, but gee, what if they, yeah, what if they get a quarterback, Joel? And I'm not saying, I'm not saying they would let him play this year. Like, what if they get Anthony Richardson or something? Like, I think they got picked 10 um, from the Saints. No, not from the Saints. It's the Eagles. Um, the Rams. Um, something I think it's pick six. Pick six. See, it's even better. They can take Richo there. They can take how CJ Shroud could fall that far. I don't think he will. They might have a quarterback of the future. And then you got Armin Ra tied to, you know, what eventually could be an elite quarterback. I mean, he's been great with Jared Goff anyway. Um, there could be room to grow there. Very optimistic. Yeah, but Goff had... Goff had 4,500 yards, 29 touchdowns, and seven picks. And, like, Jamal Williams obviously led the league in rushing touchdowns. How much more potent can this offense get? Oh, no, you're right. But Owen Ra only caught six touchdowns. Yeah, that's true, I guess. I say only yeah. had 146 targets and 100 catches. Yeah, but he's he's the guy. Obviously, um, J Mo will come back, but um, you know, when I'm not, well. I'm not here to shit on I'm not here to shit on Armin Ra. Like, I think he's great. I actually traded him in his rookie season, which is fun. Yeah, what did you, what did you get, Joel? Let's remind the listeners. It's a good one. Yeah, um, I got Michael Gallup before he tore his ACL. <laughs> That's classic. That's awesome by you. 
Imagine if you had him on your team still, you didn't have to like give up anything for him. Like, it'd just be awesome for you. Wouldn't it? Did you see uh, Michael Thomas getting excited about Derek Carr signing? Yeah. Well, what do you want to talk about Derek Carr? <laughs> oh, well, I've brought him up now. I might as well. I mean, pretty poverty franchise, the Saints. Like, I, I just don't rate Derek Carr. Could be because I'm a Broncos yeah. fan, but like, I don't know what. What are you really getting much more out of Derek Carr than what you asked? It's hard because it's kind of disrespectful to Derek Carr. Like he's okay. I don't want to call him like you're not getting much more out of Derek Carr than you are out of Jameis. But like, there's just no upside there. Like you're just banking on your defense being elite. Like they were really good a couple of years ago, the Saints, but and it's kind of average defensively and. Chris Alave is great. Alvin Kamara is great. But Alvin Kamara is getting suspended. He bashed a guy. Um, lucky he doesn't even get jail time. Michael Thomas can't stay healthy. We'd love for him to get back and give us, like, one last hurrah. Like, he is already 30. Um, but he seemed keen that uh, Derek Carr was in in uh, New Orleans. So that's kind of, like, I know, good news for him. Like, Derek Carr knows how to pepper wide receivers with targets. I mean, we saw him give Michael Crabtree. Remember that year he was, like, the wide receiver five and he had, like, 150 targets? In my first year of fantasy, that was good. So, like, that's a, yeah, kind of like a Michael Crabtree, like, Raiders year out of the Michael Thomas. Wouldn't that be good? Car can support weapons. Like, I know, like, you know, low-hanging fruits, obviously, Devontae Adams. But, like, you know, he supported Amari Cooper, Darren Waller. Remember that year Hunter Renfro was, like, the best receiver in the league for Dylan Lawrence? Yeah, he was, like, wide um, or something stupid. Yeah, you bring up Crabtree. Like, you know, Car can support people. Um, I, I can see the Saints. Like, does it help them? I presume I haven't obviously looked, but are they favourites to win the division as we speak? Um, I don't know. I don't. Let me. I'll I'll pull it up on my computer, Joel, just because I'm. I'm actually such... doing it right now. So no, well, save your effort. It's a race. Uh, NFC South. Yeah, they're actually two dollars ten to win the division, plus one ten for our American listeners. So. I doubt they were the favourites before Derek Carr got signed. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, you're definitely not wrong. Um, maybe they're a team that goes running back with uh, with so many questions surrounding Alvin Kamara. I mean, I hope not. Hopefully, Alvin Kamara gets like a NFL slap on the wrist, three game suspension. You kill people and you know get away with it with the NFL. Um, problem is, they caught Alvin Kamara on camera. I mean, they caught him on camera, but they also caught Kareem Hunt on camera. And that's when he kicked a woman. Like, that's worse. Yeah. But he got... Didn't he get a suspension or something? Yeah, it was like six games or something, wasn't it? Yeah, well, Kamara will probably get the same, Frank. No, I can wear yeah, six games. As long as he comes back. Six games is one of his last... Probably last good season. It's not It's not ideal. No, nah, but, like, if he comes good, like, I don't know, the end of last season, like, when I traded for him, like, I got a... 18-point game out of him. That was kind of nice. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson, what happens? Uh, what happens? The Baltimore Ravens are playing a very, very interesting game with Lamar Jackson. Um, you put, If you dig a little deeper, you, obviously you see that he got given the franchise tags, but you do a little bit of digging. It's a non-exclusive franchise tag, Joel. And, you know, I actually learned what sort of the difference was recently. Um so he's actually allowed to speak with other teams. Um, they can, you know, make offers, um, contract offers to him. And then Baltimore has the opportunity to match whatever they offer. So 
the game that Baltimore's playing is they don't think the NFL is going to give Lamar Jackson what he wants as far as pay is concerned. He wants to, you know, have a fully guaranteed contract, a little bit more money than what Deshaun Watson got, which, to be honest, I think is fair. Like, I think Lamar Jackson, I would go as far as to say he's better than Deshaun Watson. I know you're a Deshaun Watson guy, but I don't want to argue over that fact. But to say they should be paid very, you know, similarly, and considering it's a year later, um, Lamar Jackson could be paid a little bit more. They're saying the NFL is not going to pay you this amount. They'll give you this amount. We under what you want, but we're willing to match it. And then he goes back to Baltimore. One thing he's definitely not doing is he's definitely not playing on that $32 million franchise tag. So how Lamar Jackson's team plays this will be very interesting. If he does go to another team, the Baltimore Ravens get two firsts. So the team that's getting him is actually getting an incredibly good deal on Lamar Jackson, considering it took two first plus for Deshaun Watson. It took, I believe it was three first plus for Deshaun Watson. It was two first plus like two seconds and players for Russell Wilson. We saw Matthew Stafford go for two plus first, but you're getting a 20, what, Lamar Jackson 25? So, and arguably better than all of those guys. Um, really, really interesting offseason for Lamar Jackson. Do you think not having an agent hurts him? No, nah, what's the agent going to do? Like, he knows what he's worth. I don't – these agents, what do they even do? Do they do stuff? Well, I don't DeAndre right, Hopkins didn't have an agent. He always gets good contracts. That's true, I guess. But, I don't know, it just seems like he – feels like they're you into the whole, you know, the NFL is colluding on the whole thing by – no more guaranteed contracts, no more this, no more that. Oh, the guaranteed contract thing's interesting. I hate to be like tinfoil hat wearer over here, but uh, you never know. Honestly, yeah, I, I also don't like it. I don't know. I just feel like all these teams instantly come out who could really use Lamar Jackson and were straight away like, nah, we're not interested. Like, yeah, you know, the Falcons yeah, straight away. Yeah, nah. The Falcons. Like, two firsts for Lamar Jackson, and you've just, like, fucking changed the face of your franchise. Oh, but they get him. They're, you know, they're the new $2.10 favorites to win that division. Well, they could do it without even giving – like, you wouldn't give – you're not giving up Drake London or Kyle Pitts, but, like, you just need to – your draft capital so good, you could just give up the draft capital and you solve your quarterback issue. You've probably got a heap of cap space. You'd add to your defense and you just roll with Lamar Jackson, drop like another running back, even though they've got a couple of good ones there that are pretty average anyway. Like you're on. Like Lamar Jackson's leading yeah. the playoffs in that division with yeah. that team. And you give up your two firsts. You're, you know, obviously this year's first may be high, but next year's first is what, you know, pick 23. Oh, well, they hope it's 32. Yeah, it won't be, but, you know, at least puts you in a position where you can make the playoffs and go from there. Yeah, no, I just don't know. You're right, Joel. It doesn't make sense. Carolina, too, they also said it as well. I don't know what they're thinking. Like, I think the football team did it too, didn't they? Sorry, the commanders. <laughs> I liked it when they were called the football team. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of miss the Redskins, but, you know. Um, And lastly, Frank, Aaron Rodgers, um, is he a Jet or is he a Jet? I think he's a Jet. Yeah, how exciting. Yeah, surely. I mean, like, I don't know. Where where else is he going to go? Like, if he's not a Jet, where's he going to go? 
retirement or back to Green Bay? Yeah, back to Green Bay, and then they have to trade Jordan Love and just look like idiots when they haven't won any Super Bowls. And Aaron Rodgers, like, they just look dumb because it's like, oh, you wasted that pick. You could have had so-and-so, you know what I mean? Pity Higgins. Yeah, T. Higgins comes to mind. Everyone Pittman. wants to say they could have picked Justin Jefferson, but he was taken before they picked. So they're off the hook. Yeah. I don't know, Frank. It's NFL offseason. Great time. Oh, and lastly, Daniel Jones getting paid. Oh, awesome or gee, awesome. getting paid. Yeah, see, Daniel Jones, what was his contract in the end? It was like $40 million a year. Is it fully guaranteed? Yeah, so it's $82 million guaranteed over two seasons. Yeah. And then the rest of it is spread out over four years with, like, incentives and stuff. So it reads it, – you, you read between the lines, it's sort of – it's four years, but two years guaranteed, $82 million. Oh, yeah, this is not quite what Lamar's after, but, like, he's not paid. Yeah, he's well looked after. Derek Carr, very well looked after. And Geno Smith, Frank. Yeah, Geno. No, that's good. I'm actually really, I think. I'm really happy for Geno. Like, I think he, um, you know, he probably hasn't got a bag in his career yet. And for him to get a bag is great. And he yeah, played, so he played his way Three or four it. years for Geno. Uh, I think they can get out of it after one, though. Oh, yeah. Interesting to see if they go quarterback with that Denver Broncos pick. Yeah, well, what would you do if you were Seattle and you owned the fifth pick? I think you also have, like, pick 20. They could go, like, just de- they could go defense. Like, the defense is already good. Like, what if you just, you had, could... you had, like, the number one edge rusher and then you had, like, the number two corner or safety or something like that at pick 20. Yeah, I think that has to be already a link. Like they could go defense. I think they definitely need some a defensive lineman or someone up front that can change the game or change the you know the look up front on defense. I think because they hit on Woolen at defensive back, I think they don't necessarily have to go that path. But do you add another offensive weapon behind like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who's sneaky old? Or yeah, I just don't know how much impact. Like, I mean, weapons rule the NFL, but Tyler Lockett and DK, really good. Like, oh, are they ever? They made Russell Wilson look good for ages. <laughs> uh, no, we're back. No, no, I won't be brought into another depressing... I mean, actually, last offseason wasn't depressing. I was really excited about Russell Wilson, but uh, no, I'm going to be optimistic, Joel. That's all I can do. I'm already sad about the Bombers, but... You know, I'm going to be happy about the Broncos. We're going to be all right. New coach, Sean Payton. Let's go. Yeah. Speaking of other bombers, we're going to win round one and then Gila Lid's going to be off. <laughs> Very excited. Yeah, I've got my tickets booked, Joel. Come down to Melbourne. Come come watch. No, I'm coming down in like May or something, so we might go to a game then. Oh, no, I have to, for sure. If we're not like, you know, if we're like two and six, I won't be gone. But if we're like four and four or something like that gee I'll be, I'll be there <laughs> no well we play like the first like three rounds just awful team so we're a chance to get like 3-0 oh damn it it'll, it'll be really off it'll be and we won't win a game for the rest of the year it's gonna be sick it'll be the opposite of what we normally do <laughs> yeah exactly mm. alright um anything else Frank 
No, I've got nothing else to add. It's, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, plug the socials. We never did that. Oh yeah, we didn't plug the socials. Before I do plug the socials, I'm just I've got my fantasy team up in front of me. That's the only thing. DeAndre Hopkins, where's he going? Sorry, I'm, I we, I know you tried to wrap it up, but you know we've got like six minutes left on the call, so I'm gonna D Hop. Where's he going? I want him to go to the bats and get 150 targets from whoever they've got at center. Under center. Well, be good for my Mac Jones shares, so I can sort of get around it. Um. I honestly haven't thought of DeAndre Hopkins takes. Um, ben in the chat the other day brought up the Jets. I don't know exactly if that would work. But um, who needs a receiver? The Patriots, um, especially Ravens. if they lose Jacoby. Who? Ravens. Oh, yeah. That's like obviously... Lamar, like here, Lamar, we've got your weapon. Yeah, throw some balls to D-Hop. Um, do Buffalo have like space to add some funky receiver? Because you know their weapons kind of suck. He's come out and said he's willing to work his contract. There's rumors of him going to the Chiefs, and gee, I'm excited. I don't want to get my hopes up, but there's been a bit of Chiefs talk going on, and that'd just be sick because he'd just slide into the alpha immediately. Oh, especially if they lose, like if they could, you know, lose Juju and then roll into next season with, you know, an older Kelsey, an older D Hop, and then like, you know, Kadarius. guys like Kadarius Tony, uh, yeah, Sky Moore, and G have a pretty exciting weapons group. Yeah, I'm, I'm ignoring it. I don't want to get my hopes up. So uh, that that'll be fine. I think that's a good way to wrap up, Joel. Um, Got to plug the socials now. Make sure you're following the podcast on the Twitters at the FB Addicts and on the Instagrams um, at the Fantasy Addicts. Gee, I'm good. Nailed that. Andy would be so proud. Um, if you listen to this, Andy, on your run, I hope you have a lovely run. Run fast, run good, stay healthy, and uh, have a good night, Joel. Yeah, you too, Frank. Um... I don't really have anything to add. Good, good chat. Hopefully, um, we'll get another episode out. What will next episode be, Frank? I want to do a mock draft, but I want to get everyone in that. So you know, this weekend's not good for me going away. So it's gonna be nice. But uh, Ooh, where are you off to? Uh, just going up to the river. Ooh, a chuka. If you see Frank up there and you want to say hi to him in a chuka, that's where he'll be. Yeah, exactly. If you recognise me on the street, say hi. I don't bite.